Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and I'm joined by Ben Cartwright. Good evening. No singing this week. That is appreciated by me and the listeners. And also appreciated is Ben Rowley. How are you doing? Hey up, fellas. Hey up, everyone. Yeah. I'm happy for a change. It's been a while since <laughs> we've had something to be Rowley? happy about. Uh, Rowley, but I answer to either. I answer to a lot of names, to be fair. One's much worse than that. So, uh, An interesting podcast in store, as not only am I in the, in the unusual position of having to talk about a Stoke win, I've also got two Bens to not get confused between. So, you know, bear with me on that. But we'll start with some three-word reviews. We're getting there, 12 points clear. Who needs penalties don't go a Tabo. We won away. A penalty omni shambles. Another clean sheet on the up. Ben Rowley, we'll start with you. Oh, that was good, right? Question mark? Happy? It, Question it, mark? Uh, yes, you have to be, considering that was our, what, third away win all season? Our first this year? It was our first win in a long time. Um,. Yeah, I'm happy. You have to be with a win. Um, there's things to work on, and we know it. Um, we definitely know it. Um, I think it's fair to say in the second half we absolutely shot ourselves. Um, but first half was really good. I think we're looking very dominant sometimes. Very, very dominant. Um, and at the back, I can't remember the last time we were this good. Like It goes back to Pulis days where... Teams weren't even troubling us, not really. Um, but yeah, it's just going forward. It seems to be we can't score a goal unless we absolutely rocket it towards goal. <laughs> we only we only score beautiful goals. Maybe Shakiri's rubbed off on us. Uh, yeah, it's nice uh, that we can be typically typically stoke in one sense, miss the penalty, shit ourselves, and yet also be kind of untypically un- stoke and actually come away with yet another clean sheet and because that felt uh ben cartwright that it was going to be inevitable that black were going to equalize especially after the miss pen i thought here we go just yeah they'll leave it till 94 minutes 95 minutes to get their equalizer and this will be another grumpy episode of the podcast but uh, lo and behold the scenes at full time nathan jones pounding away at his chest He's he's gonna have a bruise in the morning if he <laughs> slams his chest any harder. Uh, great scenes. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you see Blackburn rifling a, a ball off the crossbar, and again in the second half, as you've both mentioned, sort of dominating play, it definitely did feel inevitable that if the goal was going to go either way out of the nil-nil then as a Stoke fan you obviously feel like it's going to go against us but it didn't Atebo great strike Bojan half decent penalty but it's not a good penalty if it doesn't go in and it didn't so poor Bojan Um, but yeah Nathan Jones celebrating I don't know how to feel about it because I know this yeah it's it, it wasn't sort of like leaves where after Leeds, it did feel like, yeah, let's pump the let's pump the chest because we've just beaten, I think at the time, league leaders, if not second, one of the two. It felt big. An away win against Blackburn pumping your chest is very much Klopp, and I've been, I've been <laughs> ripping into Klopp 
of recent weeks, recent months, because I think it's a bit too much, and I think he was getting found out, maybe not so much anymore, but anyway. Um, yeah, I think that sort of thing will feel better when we are doing generally well. Um, obviously, that will happen next season. I'm probably closer to the camp where I felt it was a tiny bit cringy, but I don't know if that's harsh. I know a lot <laughs> of people will be like, yeah, he's our manager, I love him, and I definitely do love him, but I watched it and I was like, ugh. It did stick, and and maybe that's just the cynical sort of Stoke fandom. I did definitely feel like a bit your dad when he was when I had those feelings. <laughs> it's one of those moments where I was like, "Oh God, I don't want to feel like this, but I do feel like this. I do feel like, oh, is that right?" Um, so we'll see. <laughs> but I, I often I often question myself. Um, yeah, and I love Nathan Jones. I think he's a great lad, and I think. Um, in time, those sorts of celebrations will be a lot easier to... Well, they'll, we'll be getting involved with it, but after four nil-nils in a row and then a, a 1-0 quite nervy win against Blackburn, I certainly wasn't pumping my chest. Um, and I wasn't pumping anything else. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there we go. Well, we'll leave that hanging there for a bit. <laughs> dear, dear me. Uh, did the phrase passion merchant perhaps... Uh, enter your brain when you when you saw those scenes. I can see why people think it, especially people who don't follow Stoke are looking at that and going, "Christ, you've won one nil against Blackburn away. <laughs> You're fifteenth on the table. Like, get a grip, lads." Um, but I can I can understand from his point of view why he's so pleased. If you think back to Leeds, I know you made the comparison earlier, um, saying you know he was pumping his chest because he just beat. I think at the time they were top of the league or thereabouts, weren't they? And that must have felt good. But he also must have known at that time, it wasn't a fluke, but he couldn't have thought in his wildest dreams that he would beat Leeds in his first home game or something like that. This time, it's we got a win under his football or more towards what he wants to be playing. Mm. I think it, I think he's relieved that his system is working. Like it's not so much a one nil win over Blackburn and us getting three points that clearly don't matter. It's he is getting there. It really is getting there. Slowly, slowly, it's getting there, and he must be pleased with that because he's seen what managers have come into this club and done. You know, Rowett couldn't do it. Not really. Lambert definitely didn't do it. So it's nice that we are on an upward curve, and. Long may it continue, I guess. And it just, and it obviously, and I'm sure this is one of your next questions, Dave. But it was a bit of a, a downer in terms of the injuries as well. So three players coming off, maybe two or three, definitely players coming off injured, felt a bit sad. But this was a team now where it feels like there's a bit of consistency. Sam Clucas came back as an available player, and I think a lot of people sort of maybe not expected, but wondered if he'd be brought back into the starting eleven, but he wasn't, which I think is telling because it shows Nathan Jones was happy with that eleven that he played in the previous game. So finally we've got a bit of consistency. And I know it's only a tiny bit of consistency, but it felt like going into this game it was like, yeah, of course we'll play the same team again because we played well against Sheffield Wednesday and now we're going away to Blackburn, which is not an easy fixture because as we very well know now, no game in the championship is easy. But we kept doing what we were doing and we got a win. That's a good thing. He he might, as I think, Ben, I agree with what you're saying. He might have finally felt that we're getting somewhere here. This is the sort of squad that I can work with. There's players there that I'm happy to keep in the squad where a month, probably, yeah, a month ago, 
we were saying on the podcast, oh, where do we go from here? Maybe now we know that tiny bit of direction. It's obviously not perfect, but there is that tiny glimmer of this is what Stoke in the next few weeks and then next season will be like. Yeah, um, I mentioned the kind of the celebrations and stuff uh, because I did think maybe this was a bit cloppy, and we we had heard this from Luton Town fans. That, oh, you you know he taps the badge after every game, and it's it's a bit cringy and embarrassing and stuff. But I don't personally mind it. I I do mind Jurgen Klopp getting the team to link arms after a two-two draw with West Brom. <laughs> that I, th- I feel is that's the limit. Is yeah that. If if we did that, I'd feel a bit pissed off. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's refreshing, and it's probably gonna take a bit of getting used to. Uh, I hope it takes a bit of getting used to anyway, because uh, it'll mean we're we're winning games. Um, so, in terms of the the positives that Jones will take out of that, you've you've got the fact that we held on is one thing. Danny Bart again at the heart of the defence, absolutely superb. Uh, and he did so alongside Ashley Williams, who had to come on for Ryan Shawcross as well. So uh, the fact that we could uh, hold firm with Williams rather than Shawcross is a positive sign, I suppose. And it's positive that we kind of dealt with the injury situation in that we saw the game out. Mm-hmm. And also, I think we it's nice that we're, I think in the last two games, we've been the better side. I know... Blackburn had way more of the play in the second half, but if you look at the the quality of chances, I haven't seen the XG stats from this game, but we've obviously scored that Atebo goal that w- wouldn't have been very high on the XG chart, but we've had a penalty and uh, a really good save from a Vokes header as well. And oh. apart from them hitting the bar, I I don't think they created anything that was like, oh wow, they definitely should have scored that. So oh, I forgot uh, about but, that. Oh, I absolutely capped myself on the at the bar. Oh, yeah, that, that was that horrible. Was right, that was right early in the game mm. as well, wasn't it? So you, you I hadn't even sat down on the sofa properly to watch it. I oh god, <laughs> wasn't prepared yeah. for that at all. Yeah, and speaking of not prepared, uh, the Atebo goal, uh, absolute thunder bastard of a strike. Uh, I watched this um, on a perfectly legal and enjoyable uh, stream. <laughs> uh, so. It's nil-nil, uh, and I think we start to attack. Stream goes dead. Oh, and you no. know how there's this the chat bar at the side? And like, I, I always wonder... Place. Yeah. Who, who, who is it? Who does type in the chat bar during the games? I, I've, I've never been one of those people. The Russian bots. To be honest. Yeah. Russian, Russian bots, bots that, work, that watch Stoke City. Yeah. This is Blackburn. It's Ivan... Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, but it goes dead, and the stream goes dead for everyone. So everyone's like, "Oh, bloody hell, stream's gone, stream's dead." And then someone's at a Tabo goal. I'm like, "Yeah, fuck off, mate! You, you're just deliberately <laughs> trying to wind everyone up here." And lo and behold, he has, and he scored a lovely one as well. And it, typical Stoke fans being Stoke fans, I, I'm happy. I'm celebrate. I've celebrated the goal. I go on Twitter. Half the comments are, well, we're obviously not going to keep hold of him now, are we? <laughs> Just enjoy the goal, lads. Just enjoy the goal. I mean, that strike is incredible. I've I've watched it several times now. Several, several, several times. And I still don't really understand how it's just found the back of the net. He's like, it, it's one of those where it feels like it, couldn't, it could have gone 
either way a few inches and it would have either been blocked or hit the post. But he's hit it absolutely where he wanted to. And it's sublime. God, I just love Peter Otebo. And he was so happy having scored it. He was just like, it was one of those celebrations where he's just overcome with joy, which is just... We haven't really seen that too often, I feel. It's just like, <laughs> we, we, we were so happy. We haven't seen joy. No, it's, just... it's like, we've no. scored! He's, he, he, Otebo was doing what we were doing. He was like, we've done it somehow! We've done it, we're here! <laughs> I was it, it was here, it was me! Incredible. The ball went into the goal. <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ. Uh, the uh, And we should, could, well... Is do do we even hope for us scoring penalties anymore? Right before half time, get a penalty, and uh, obviously it should have been retaken for the deliberate encroachment of the Blackburn Rovers players. I'm pretty sure uh, we can all agree Bojan should be awarded a goal by the EFL. <laughs> but regardless, uh, it goes down as a miss or a, a saved penalty. Um, he becomes the uh, one millionth Stoke player to miss a penalty in the last four years. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> is is the answer we just let Butland take them? Is that I think it might what be. We do? I can't think of anything else we can do. I think we've run out of players, haven't we? If we're really going through the system of, oh, let's just try everyone. Oh, maybe we just bring on Federici. Like, leave Butland in goal, but bring Special Federici teams. on. Okay. Yeah, I. The Louis Van I don't know. I, I yeah, I can't think of anything else that we do. Like, yeah, and the narrative's dead the, as well. We supposed, Bojan was supposed to come in and then score the goal. For fuck's sake, Bojan! He's literally <laughs> ruined with the dribble. The narrative, the narrative. <laughs> I, the I the only other the thing. Lies now. Well, the only thing I can think of doing is, you know, at half time now we have no entertainment at all. Sometimes they bring some people out onto the side of the pitch. I say we bring back the half-time penalty shootout for fans. And the prize is you get to take the next penalty in the game. That's clearly the best way of doing it. they got more practice than these guys, obviously. Or you just get the players to do the bloody half-time penalties. Right, it's an extra ten minutes to, tra- to practice the bloody penalties. You haven't That's what I think. We, we get the Stoke fans who went on the last... Uh, or went on the most recent episode of Soccer AM because they were scoring goals for fun. They were absolutely burying them. They're still uh, top, but, I think. Yeah, because cause we're absolutely quality in front of goal. Um, <laughs> I just, I, it is, it is utterly ridiculous, isn't it? I, I, I was saying this, uh, I think yesterday. Okay, I admit, like the quality of a lot of these penalties has been really poor. I don't think Bojans was a, a decent penalty as as even though I've seen other people claim, oh, it was a decent penalty, you could say, I think it was quite a poorly hit penalty. And a lot of these have been poorly hit penalties. But even, like, the basic law of averages, like, there's yeah. there's no way you take this penalty, this many penalties, and we only score three out of 11? That's absolutely bonkers. I think the best thing about so, us missing penalties at this point in time, for me, my personal opinion, is the gloriousness of the ironic cheering and the celebration the next penalty score whenever it happens in like seven or so years <laughs> when that goes in just the irony we'll be on the pitch the, we scored we, our shit must you be we scored from the spot just everything to do with that goal <laughs> will be so worth it for all of this misery we face we got the win who cares if Bojan apparently now can't take a penalty too we won 
not Charlie Adam. I think I think you give the next penalty to Danny Bart because I don't I, think he's yeah. capable of letting oh, me down Jesus. yet. I think, I think I'd go Bart as well. <laughs> just, just hit it, Danny lad. Just. Has a table oh. taken one yet? Uh, no, actually, he was he was gonna take the one that I think Lucas ended up taking. Oh yeah, and he looked so sad when he had it robbed off him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the, that he's broke the my one. heart. <laughs> yeah. Peter Tabo is a godlike genius, so of course you give him all the yeah. you give him all the pens and all the free kicks. Just put him on every give him everything until he signs a new contract. We need to clone him so that when we sell him in the in the in the summer, we still have like eleven more to play. I quite maybe not in goal because <laughs> it's a bit short, but <laughs> I quite like the idea. You know when Rory's lap was in his pomp and. Teams used to sort of hit the ball out for corners. Well, I think it was specifically Hull <laughs> doing everything they could. Now we'll play Rotherham on Saturday, and they'll just be fouling the shit out of us in the penalty yeah, box. Yeah. Like, well, they're not going to score it, so you may as well just foul them. <laughs> that's what's going. That's that's the stage we're at now, where it's like we're so yeah. bad at penalties. You may as well just take us down, just rip our shirts off. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I'm, I'm utterly lost for words about how shit we are at penalties. It's it's beyond parody now. It's beyond. It's oh, just just fucking score a pen, lads. Like, what do we do in training? I mean, do we even bother practicing? Is it even worth? Is it even worth our time? Probably not. Oh God, <sighs> Nathan. Nathan's just. Uh, I just. You can imagine how passionate he is about it as well. He's like, just score the penalty, man. That was weird. I don't don't <laughs> do you singing, don't do accents, Ben. For goodness sake. Has <laughs> he been hanging out with no. Ricardo Fuller? I know. <laughs> oh, bet he could score it. Bet he could score the penalty. Oh. Actually just yeah. bring Jonesy on. Bet bet he'd he'd will That's the ball in. God would will the ball in. Yeah. If Nathan's bothered to say a little prayer on the sidelines, they'll go in. How good is Nathan he's... Jones at football? <laughs> Is he good at football? Was he a footballer? I think he was yeah, a left back, he, wasn't he? Or something? Yeah, I think he played for Luton Town, Did didn't he? he? Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's very small, isn't he? Very diminutive man. Anyway, that was a changing subject. <laughs> he looks uh, a bit like an elf. I can imagine him being in uh, the cast for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I, I said when he was appointed, he looked like a dispensable member of the Night's Watch <laughs> on uh, Game yes. of Thrones. He's definitely got, he's got that vibe. That fantasy uh, vibe. I fancy him. <laughs> well then. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. I think we all fancy Nathan Jones a little bit, certainly right now. But yeah, the unbeaten run stretches to, is it nine games now? Yes. Uh, nine games, six clean sheets in a row. Uh, what a season we're having. We, <laughs> <laughs> we had a ten game unbeaten run under Rowett as mad. well. Yeah. How are we not top? We... We we've had a collective nineteen game unbeaten run. Was that Daniel Story article though on foot on? It was four four two, wasn't it? And you replied four, to it from four, the Wizards, two, yeah. and he said like, the teams we've beaten, Leeds, Norwich, like whatever. There's the, the, all of these Bristol records, City. Bristol City that we've smashed, and it's like we've just bad against the rubbish teams. So oh, I, yeah. here I am telling all I'm buying my ticket for Rotherham next week and I'm telling all my mates like this is we're winning this one I, this is the one where we go there and win 5-0 this is the fucking floodgates we're going to lose probably and all of all of this 
All this joy, all the Sheffield Wednesday we smashed them in the second half, all, oh, we actually won a game against Blackburn. Be dead in the water by next Saturday because Rotherham will apparently do us because that's what we do. And we'll I score am, a penalty. And, and, and we'll, and we'll, miss, we'll probably score a penalty and still lose. We'll yeah, lose exactly. and score a penalty. There's no happiness We'll here. score three penalties and lose four three. All the, all the records, all the clean sheets, all the unbeaten runs, gone. Rotherham, there we go. I am uh, actually genuinely quite apprehensive about Swansea. I think they have the capacity to absolutely do us. Uh, they've got that man who can run very fast. Uh, <coughs> Graham Potter is like really just quite good at being a manager, and you, uh, it's in Wales, and it's like different there. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough, lads. Yeah, but I mean. We've said this, we're not going to concede ever again, so we can't lose. It's impossible. That's science. Mm. That, that, that is science, you can't argue with science. No, he won't find a way. Mm. Well, like, we're going back to Jones's home anyway, we're going back to Wales, so he'll be used to it. You say it's alien, he, he knows a place like the back of his hand, probably. And, and, Sam and it turns Joe Allen, in, turns oh. Joe Allen into a football oh. genius See, as well, being y- in Wales. It, it does, it's a good point. Allen Hattrick, all from the spot. <laughs> Bonnie Hattrick own goal and we'll still call him crap on this podcast <laughs> anything for the agenda uh, ok moving on uh, quick ladies and academy updates uh, good day for SCFC ladies today 2-2 uh, draw with AFC filed uh, Stoke led twice through Emily Owen uh, before fouled, but pegged them back twice. So that was a very mid-table encounter for the first team that ended a draw. But better news for the reserve reserves who have won the league title after a 7-1 win at Burton Albion. Jodie Foxall with two, Kerry Brown with two, and also goals for also goals for Faye Singleton, Nuala Mishkeel and Meg Colebuck. Meanwhile, the development side won 6-0 against Port Vale. So have some of that. We've avenged the Vale Park toilets. Lads, 6 0 for the Mighty Potters. Academy lost 2 1 at home to Man City on Saturday. A very late winner for Man City after. Wait, hang on. I need to reread this. After Captain Adam Porter opened from the spot for Stoke. A Stoke from player scored what? a penalty. What? Pardon? From the, no. From, from the penalty from the spot. What? Get him Stoke. in the first team. No excuses. I don't, I don't care how old he is. I don't care if he's got his GCSEs on. He needs to start start him on Tuesday night. Uh, yes, Adam Porter, Stoke City Under-18's captain with the goal there, an actual penalty. But, unfortunately, an own goal from Lewis Macari, grandson of Lou, and then a late winner for Man City. Uh, also in Academy News, Trey Pemberton, who we signed from Blackburn, uh, has been shortlisted for Premier League 2 Player of the Month for March. And Stoke City under 15s uh, narrowly missed out on a place in the Premier League floodlit cup final after a 4 3 defeat to Wigan uh, late on. Mohamed Sanko, who's already played for the under 18s this season, scored twice in that game. Uh, so Stoke coming near and yet so far there. Moving on. Uh, question from Mark Hand Keeping a table will be difficult. What about keeping Nathan Jones? Another challenge we face. 
I don't even want to think about that, to be honest. I feel like it's in the back of my mind, and it has been for the entire time. Ever since he left Luton, it's always been like, well, if he's going to do it to Luton, he might do it to us. Well, he will do it to us. And to be honest with you, I don't don't particularly want to think about that at the moment because I think we've got the feeling of such a good journey ahead of us, however long it might last. It might last next season. It might last two seasons. It might last whatever. We don't know. But I think at the moment I'm feeling so optimistic about what is to come I don't want to think about the end of it life isn't about how you finish throughout the journey and I want to enjoy the journey on thinking like oh if we do well then he'll go um, although I do think that will happen it, uh, I mean I looking at Leeds I can't imagine him leaving until either his position's untenable like it was with our previous managers or he feels like he can leave us and we'll be fine without him, as Luton are now, or it seems to be. They seem pretty good without him. That you know, we spoke about building foundations for the future. It should be the case as long as we bring in someone seemingly relatively competent that they should be able to carry on the foundations he's laid. You know, a club doesn't get torn down just because you lose a manager if you put the right foundations down. Um, I think when he is at that point though he seems like a guy that wants to go right to the top whether a, cl- a, a team will need that by the time that he wants to leave whether Arsenal need rebuilding or Man City need rebuilding or that's, whatever that's the, but... thing. that's the thing I think honestly like I'm already looking like who's who's good enough to take our Nathan Jones away from us? It's, they're going to have to be top six Premier League. He's, he's not going. To, he's not going to go to bloody well, Burnley. Or to something, be fair, is it? it is. It's going to be something like that because success for him is surely getting us into the Premier League and keeping us there. Mm-hmm. If he if he takes us back down again, I don't think he's going to be pleased with that. I think he'll potentially want to go up again unless we are in absolute shambles. Um, and in which case he won't get the best jobs anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't think. We, I, what, the benefit is, whatever happens, we either get promoted with Nathan Jones and lose him, or we don't get promoted and lose him. I think they're completely yeah. right. Like we're either going to have a great time or a bad time, and it's bad forever. So let's just have a great time. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're keeping it optimistic. <laughs> Analysis from the Wizards Drivel podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Lads, I don't don't know if you've seen this Eric Tupo moting miss for PSG uh, that's happened whilst we've been recording. Another one? It is absolutely incredible. Yes, another one. Really? Oh, no. He's managed to to miss with the ball on the goal line. Uh What? Uh, Go... Go go to uh, our group chat. Oh! Whoa! Whoa! Oh! Oh! Oh, he's gone! It was going in! It was going in! Oh my god, what an... Secret Agent Chupo, am I right? Like, (laughs) he left so that he can ruin PSG. They thought that they were going to win everything with Neymar. No, he's gone there to absolutely ruin him. It was going in. He scored goals for us. He might have been shipped. The the whole thing about him for us was that he just (laughs) ended up getting an assist in goals somehow. The boy's in! Yeah. And PSG are now losing at home to Strasbourg, which is <laughs> quite funny. 
I think that's worse than uh, you know the nanny offside goal where Ronaldo absolutely pelted it in. Yeah. And nanny headed it in when he was offside. I think that might be worse. I think this might be the worst miss of all time. How can you get worse than that? How did you play for? It PSG? was going in, and he stopped. He's basically a defender. If a defender did that, they'd be lauded. It would be like what an incredible score. <laughs> you used defied physics. Oh, great audio well, content there. <laughs> that that was real time. Uh, Wizards reacts. We should yeah feature good, good old content Hashtag there. feature. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, one question I did want to ask, lads, is uh, it's coming up on the end of the season. And the, uh, I don't think the Stoke City Awards are happening uh, this season, but uh, who is your Stoke City Player of the Season? Because I don't think there's any oh, real Dave's standout paused. candidates. I know Atebo's come into his own in recent weeks, but does he deserve it? Uh, yeah, for me, personally. Um, it, it The problem is with Player of the Season is it's questionable in terms of what people mean by player of the season um, I know they give out awards for like most consistent and young player and most improved and whatever but when you say player of the season people take that in different ways I think Atebo is our best player if if someone was to say is our best player, it's Atebo he seems to be doing everything for us right now um, you'd probably have Alan as like a most consistent simply because he's in the team every week Um and he doesn't do completely terribly. Sometimes he's very good. Um, you'd probably say that Bart's had the biggest impact since he's come in. Um, you know, considering from where we were, we're conceding goals. Now we just don't. He's he's decided that we don't concede goals anymore, and that's enough, apparently. Um, but Edwards, I know that people have had whispers about him too. And if we're going with most improved, from what he was... I think when he looked a fish out of water when he first played for us this season regularly, he looks incredible now. He genuinely looks like he's going to be our right back for some time, unless he gets picked up by a by a bigger team. And I think it's possible. He's only a like a young lad, and if there's Premier League teams watching him, someone will snap him up. Yeah, I think a table has to be. I think I think you make a great point there, Ben. It's like play of the season isn't about the most consistent player for me. It's about the standout performer, and yeah. He didn't play the whole season, but he didn't play the whole season because Gary Rowett apparently can't see one of the, like, clearly the best player in the squad if it slaps him in the face, which the table must have been doing. So I think if it doesn't go to him, it's shocking, personally. Um, I think you make a great point. Edwards is probably the other player, but he'll pick up young player this season, obviously, because he is, like, in a different league to any other young player in the squad. I think some people are saying Butland. That's probably just because Butland in terms of pedigree is probably our our biggest player him or Allen and it's probably the same argument for Allen yes Butler and Allen have been in the team for the entire season but have they pulled up any trees Not definitely not consistently they've been consistently okay but I don't think they've consistently been amazing Atebo is just I think he's the type of player that gets, catches the eye of the opposition manager Steve Bruce every week and he's the player that catches our eye He's the player that we've been talking about the most, except for Bojan, but we always talk about Bojan the most. So yes, if Atebo is not picking that up award, I think, well, if, if you're saying Dave is not going to do that award, but I would walk to his door from Manchester and give him that award if I could, because 
I love him, and I as as has been the comments from Nathan Jones post match. We are, we should do everything we can to keep hold of him. Uh, completely agree. Um, well, one of the questions we did have from David Carl was, "Who would you be happier to keep next season, Butland or a Tabo?" Uh, I'm completely a Tabo. As, as much as I as much as I love Jack Butland, I think keepers in the Championship definitely can be replaced. I don't think you can upgrade or even get someone close to a Tabo's quality uh, in this league. Especially so, uh, that's that's my that's my two pence on that. Uh, question from Jacob Gratz: Do you think the club will actually change the badge? Um, this is after I think a, there was a poll of the best and worst badges in the league, and Stoke finished bottom, uh, Swansea <laughs> finished top. Uh, make of that what you will. Um, I don't know if the badge is something that kind of occupies a lot of your guys's thoughts, but. Uh, there is a large body of opinion that really doesn't like our badge uh, wants to go back to uh, the 80s one, the 70s one wants a new badge entirely uh, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think our badge is a bit shit? I think our badge is bad Like, I, I mean, TalkSport comes out with our badge is the worst in the league because it's very easy to beat up Stoke now but in terms of priorities really in my opinion I know like should I care about a badge like it's a badge like it looks good on my shirt I'm quite I don't mind it that much I think it'd be cool if you had a new badge but these things are so difficult these days whatever they brought out someone wouldn't like it and there'd be some sort of uproar I feel like how do you create the perfect badge I don't think you can just just keep it let's improve the football first come on that's what matters (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I'd rather change your identity on the pitch than off Ooh. it. I think let's go with See that. See what here. he's done there. See what um, he's done there. Yeah, I I just don't want a Man City rip-off or a West Ham football manager badge or a That's Leeds issue. United. Yeah, exactly. Whoops, we scrapped that. <laughs> let's just brush that one. Can you remember that? That was like this time last year, wasn't it? It was. Like, the Leeds... How the hell have they... Brush that under the carpet. Well, they still that haven't the sorted it out seen. because that was for their 150th anniversary, which is next season. They, they, they've. I think they've confirmed the fact they're changing their badge, but they haven't like come out with a new badge, and that's the problem. It's like, obviously, our badge at the moment is very run of the mill. <laughs> you can't get much more run of the mill. Um, but it's a, it, a badge means so much to a club. I think these days it means so much, but it's so like small. It's like, why change it? It's very difficult, I think, for, for a team to come out with like, a, a new thing and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, what an amazing decision. As you say, I don't want just another, like, another perfect circle with Stoke City around it and like something that every other club is doing. Um, but yeah, I, I think the best way to sort out badge is to almost do a referendum. That will solve the controversy. Oh, I can't be bothered. Put out a few no, options to the thank fans. You. I genuinely think that is the best way because otherwise there's, it's just guessing. It's just pissing to wind. You don't know what's going on. I think you put out a few options and fans react to it and then you decide from there. I don't, and I don't think State would ever do that. But maybe, maybe a lot of people disagree with that and you think that decisions should be made by the 
I don't know why I've made it into some sort of Brexit analogy, but there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, badges, bloody badges. Yeah, there's there's worse things to be worried about, I think, at the moment, like... Winning football games. Um, well, I mean, according to Tom, whose basement we're keeping a table in. I haven't got a basement, so... I have. Um, I think that... My basement is well rough. <laughs> well, we'll keep him in there, then. I think that's decided. We'll keep him in box. I think we should. I think we should at least look after him. I don't. I don't want him to have a miserable time. Actually, my flatmate's just, just moved out I just as want well, him so I, not to escape. I've got a spare bedroom and a basement, so he can there he can go. choose either. There you go, Pete, if you're listening. And he's got his little son. I'd bloody love to have Peter Tabo in my house with his son. You'd want you'd want to have Peter Tabo, and his son is the cutest little boy in the world. I didn't even believe that. <laughs> And he looks good in any football shirt. That sounds a bit weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, John Dyke, <laughs> serious question though. How far is this from the free-scoring Nathan Jones we were expecting after his time at Luton? And should we be concerned? Is it the squad that's not really up to it and he's having to adjust? Or is he going in a different direction with Stoke? Uh, ben Rowley, uh, is it not just the case that he's maybe having adapt himself to the Stoke squad at the moment rather than the Stoke squad adapting to him, or is it a bit of both? Um, I don't know because I don't think it's. I've not thought about it because he's not going to have to adapt to this Stoke squad or the other way around because I don't think that the players which Rowett brought in will be here next season. I don't think that players like McLean, who are clearly out-and-out wingers, um, will be here next season. I'm not even sure if Ince will have a future in the long run. I I know he started pretty much every game um, under Jones, but I think that they are luxuries that we don't need. Well, if you can call James McLean a luxury, I suppose. Um... He will be much more midfield orientated. You know, he's going to buy. I'm pretty sure a lot of young athletic midfielders that run up and down the pitch and utilize players like Afobe better. I think we've been using him wrong since we've signed him. Every goal he seems to have scored has been him running in behind. And how often do we put Afobe through one on one? Not often enough. Um, I reckon him and Vokes could be a, a good partnership going forward um, in the future. They've not really had the chance to gel yet. Um, so, in answer to the initial question, I don't really know, but I don't think it's worth worrying about because I think there's going to be big changes over the summer. I think Jones is going to want that. Um, a lot of the players that are on big wages or worth anything will go. I think he's going to promote a lot of the youth players. Um, we talk about sort of centre-backs like Ashley Williams will leave, I think. Harry Suter should come back in. Uh, we've got Tyrese Campbell obviously coming back. Um, whether people like Valendon can fit in, I know he's a winger, but he might find a different use for him. Um, or maybe he's just a plan B. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about the squad we have right now. Um, because I think next season will be completely different. I think we're about two or three goals off the free scoring Nathan Jones that we were hoping for. We've, we're quite four off. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to be there. I still believe. I've said it for a long time. I still believe we are going to end up 
a free score in Nathan Jones and we're going to be loving life next season. Here's hoping. Can you imagine how much we're going to have to talk about next season? We've got to struggle to talk about nil-nils and more nils at the moment. Not going to happen next season. We're either winning 4-0 or we're losing 4-0. That's what dreams are made of. And that's proper football. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, It's going to be wonderful. Proper football. Um, Fulham and Huddersfield are already down from the Premier League. Uh, a question we did have that we'll very quickly do now from Nathan Eastham in our uh, Facebook group, Wizards of Dribblestoke chat, get involved. Uh, are we better than the three teams coming down from the Prem? Obviously, we've only got uh, two guaranteed at the moment. Uh, but Fulham and Huddersfield, uh, I think Fulham remind me a bit of us last season in that their squad on paper perhaps should have stayed up, spent a bit of money, seem a bit of a shambles off the pitch, uh, tried a new manager when things weren't going well and it still hasn't worked out for them. I think we could be in for a... Well, they could be in for a bit of a nasty shock next season. Huddersfield, I don't know. I feel like Jan Seawert might have something about him and might kind of uh, establish them more easily than Fulham but what do you guys think do you, do you see anything in either side to suggest that uh, they will uh, be a challenge in our path to an unbeaten title next season the thing <laughs> is I have no idea about any of the Premier League because I've hardly watched it this season which has been an absolute joy in my opinion um, but I think going into the championship this year or last year a lot of us looked at all the championship teams and we thought we're going to do this. What is there even in the championship? A lot of people, a lot of the pundits, genuine pundits who actually had a clue about the championship were saying, it's a rubbish year, there's not many good teams. So yes, we can say, oh, they're rubbish, we're going to beat them. But it doesn't matter about how bad they are, we actually need to be decent. Like, yes, Fulham and Huddersfield are doing poorly, but both of those, both of those teams are teams that have recently been in the championship. Last year you had... West Brom, who were pretty sort of set up in the Premier League for a long time. We certainly were set up. We've come down. Swansea as well. You've got three teams there who were Premier League teams and have come down and been shocked a bit. Obviously, we're probably the worst out of all three. At least with Huddersfield and Fulham. Fulham obviously went down last, or came up last year. Huddersfield, it was a couple of years ago, and it looks like it's going to be Cardiff. Um, all three of those have had more recent experience, so it's very easy for us to say oh they'll drop down and have no idea or they'll drop down they've got rubbish squads but they're the same teams that got promoted 12 or 24 months ago I think they'll be more used to it than we were and the other teams were so I don't want to go into next season and think oh this is going to be easy like we did last season or this season Um, I think that would be a worrying thing to do again personally It's, um, It's quite strange because since you know all all three of those teams got promoted they'll be players that got them promoted that won't have played for the one or two years that those teams have been in the Premier League um, because I would imagine the players that got them relegated this season um, some of them will leave um, some of them because they want to leave some because the club will push them out the same that we had um, and those players that got them promoted might be out of match fitness and maybe with a pre-season they can fix that I take your point about um they're used to the championship perhaps more than we were and they know more about the more modern dynamic than 10 years ago when we were in it. Um, but I'll repeat what I said before, for those clubs and for us, it's going to be a big summer. Like 
depending on how we back Nathan Jones and you know how they back their various managers. I don't know. Neil Warnock seems to leave a team any time he does badly. Um, Siu it seems to be in it for the long term. Um, don't know what's going to happen with Fulham. I'm assuming Scott Parker's not going to be there, but you never know. Um, yeah, it it's it's hard to call now. Just depends on the summer, um, which I'm very excited for. To be honest, very 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 excited for. Very intrigued. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it as well. Obviously apprehensive about uh the the moves that other teams will make for a table in particular. Um Allen and Butland would be losses, but I'm not kind of I wouldn't be kind of tearing my hair out if they were to leave. Sim- similarly to like some of the other players we have. Um it, it's it's exciting to see what Jones will do in terms of recruitment, especially when you consider uh, the two signings he's made so far. One's been absolutely fantastic. One, uh, the other one, we're kind of got kind of hopes for he can be a major player next season. Um, coming up from League One, of course, it seems pretty inevitable that Luton Town uh, will be joining us in the Championship, and it looks like we could have maybe a little bit of a rivalry going with them six uh, points lost a lot of the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well maybe it'll be a similar situation uh, to Derby this season maybe they'll be bringing snakes to the Bet365 stadium and uh, they can have those snakes thrown back in their faces but uh, they're doing pretty incredibly in League One uh, an amazing unbeaten run and then it's between I think Barnsley, Sunderland, Portsmouth for uh, the other promotion spot, and I'm um, I'm not quite keen on uh, playing Sunderland, but yeah, like you say, big summer ahead, uh, and this could all change. Uh, it's it's exciting. We're slowly getting there, as we as we've said, we're slowly turning it around, and it's nice to go into a go into a podcast on the back of a win, because God knows we've needed one. Uh, I'm off to watch this Chupo moting miss again and again and again. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben Cartwright. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ben Rowley. Up the potters. Up those bloody potters. Go on, Stoke. Lovely indeed.